everybody. How's it going? This is Coach Cookie, your life and relationship coach. Thanks for tuning in to Rising Higher. Get your cup of coffee, get your tea, get your favorite drink. I got my cup of coffee here. We're going to get ready to chit-chat about life and relationships and how to not only survive, but to thrive. In today's video, I want to focus on tips to help parents survive the virtual classroom. But before we do that, let's review some high points from last week's episode. Last week, we talked about how we get involved in toxic relationships and how we break that cycle. I'm hearing some great stories as to how this has been helping individuals with their personal journey to healing. And I like to give a shout out to my listeners that were brave enough to jump on board and make the choice to put themselves first congratulations. So a lot of my listeners explained that they were excited to start the activity based on the point that I made when I stated that our partners are going to reflect how we subconsciously feel about ourselves. They informed me and told me that they were wanting to make a new change and they jumped on board and start working on themselves. So I'm so excited and proud of you all. If you missed that episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to it and start your healing process and get ready to put yourself first so you can start your healing process. Today on Cookie's Commentary, like I said last week, I kicked off my episode talking about toxic relationships and wanted to make a special announcement to my married couples or, well, not just my married couples, just couples in general. The toxic relationship, we talked about some of the characteristics of the toxic people I want to make clear, just because you argue or disagree a lot does not mean you're in a toxic relationship. If you are with a partner that is able to self-reflect and acknowledge their mistakes on their own, more than likely they're not a narcissist. So yes, there is a glimmer of hope to rebuild your relationship. Don't avoid the difficult or uncomfortable conversations. Remember, those things are necessary in a relationship because this is how you grow. You're going to learn and figure out what works and what doesn't work for you. So There's nothing wrong with having an argument or disagreement. When your partner shows you his true colors, don't do anything to argue with them to try to change them or recreate or repaint who they are based on what your perception of what you want them to be. The best thing to do is focus on yourself, be a better person, become what you want them to become, love them. Remember, love is a verb, not a noun. And just demonstrate love to them. And remember to be the best you that you can be. And what's going to happen is that everything is going to naturally shift. And things are going to naturally work itself out. Okay. Those are some things that you guys may need help with. Or you want somebody to work with you on that. You need somebody to talk about that. Hit me up. I'll be happy to help you out. All right. Let's keep it real now. Keeping it real. So I do have a question from one of my clients. Her name is Trina. And Trina had a question and she says that I've been dating for three months and I think this man that I'm dating may be trying to take advantage of me. How do I know if he's taking advantage of me? First of all, I'm glad you're asking this question early on because I see that based on what you're saying, you guys have only been dating for three months. Okay, so what you're looking for is someone that is able to reciprocate and do just as much as you're doing. If he's not doing that, if he's stingy, if he's asking you to do a lot more things, you know, to prove your love to him, 
if he's needy. Basically, if it looks anything like that, he's a user. What you're looking for is that there should be an equal exchange of energy of service from both people. It should never just be one person doing all the giving. Again, remember, love is a verb. That's going to be my motto. Remember, you guys, love is a verb. If everything is one-sided, he only wants to use you. And if that's what he's doing, girl, let me tell you what. It's time to step. Keep it moving. Keep it moving, sister. Now we can get into the topic of the day. So I've been talking to several of my clients who stated that they felt overwhelmed in supporting their child's learning during the pandemic. Hopefully these tips will help motivate you and your children. Okay, so let's let's kick it off here. Number one, education go for the year. This is a really good tip for my parents who don't have a choice and they have to work and they're not really sure what is going on with their child's learning process. Find out from your child's school what they be what they're expected to learn for the school year and get that list. This will help you better prepare for your own individual lessons and then check to see if your child is really learning and then put that up against what is on that list. For example, if you're you have a fourth grader and their focus may be to start learning how to multiply with several digits, you can find your own resources and develop your own lesson plans for that and practice with your child, okay? Also take advantage of real world applications. Take them grocery shopping with you uh, for math lessons, okay? Number two, finding good help. Okay, for my parents who have to work or for my parents who may need a break sometimes, you got other parents in the neighborhood, okay? You you split the time between you parents. So one parent, you might do the education lessons one week, you might do them one week. Or for your parents who are working, you may have one parent in the neighborhood that is at home all day and three parents have to go out to work, you three parents split the fee and pay the one parent for babysitting and watching your child. A lot of this, you're gonna have to get kind of creative with it. Same thing for cousins, brothers, sisters. You got some that are in college, or you got some that are college age or high school age. Some you have hot, some high school students that are very mature and can handle that responsibility and they can do their own work and help your child with their work. Pay them. Don't Also, don't forget you have your high school and college students who will be good tutors for the child when you're looking for babysitters remember you got like your retired teachers that will be really good as for babysitters and for lessons with your kids okay number three create an educational workspace okay i know that everybody's been talking about this but uh make sure you create a space that's just structured for their learning time and for their home anything that they're doing for their zoom lessons and for their homework. This is just gonna something to let them know that what you're expecting them to do, you're taking it serious. I know that this is difficult because this is your home, but do the best that you can to create an educational workspace. Get organized. Think of the daily routine that the child has to do in school and try to develop a similar schedule for your day. In addition to what they're doing during the day, what that routine would look like at night and everything needs to be organized. Okay. Number five, establish clear expectations with your child. If the child has a part in developing the expectations, 
children are more likely to follow the rules if they have a choice in creating them. So this ideal doesn't make you look like a bad person and you can remind them about what it is that they're supposed to do or not do. And then they'll remember and they'll say, oh yeah, we did make that rule together. Remember, each child is different, so the expectations for one child may not be the same for another child. For example, when I taught high school, I had six different classes, but each class had different sets of rules because each class had different issues to address. The students helped to develop those rules and the consequences. Number six, remember as the parent teacher, you have to be an example and model the compliance by following the rules for yourself. So when you make a rule, when there is a rule, remember you have to follow the same rules. So when those students in my classroom developed their rules, not only did they have only not only did they have to follow those rules, I had to follow them as well. Number 7, specific goals for yourself and for your child that are measurable. Okay, so reaching these goals will give you and your child a clear understanding they can do what they are being asked to do. So, for example, you may leave a sticky note on your child's desk that week or that that day saying what the goal is for that day or what the goal is for that week. This is a good activity to work on in the beginning of the week to focus on what goal they may work on for that entire week or what you want to work on each week and what the goal will be for that month. Number eight, have the child check in. I can't tell you that educator, I, 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 I'm going to tell you that uh, educators, they've been trained to talk to the child to find out what is going on and why a particular learning style may not work or be working for them. So when I was teaching in the classroom, if I had a student that was upset or frustrated, I had them trained where they check in. And a lot of times when they check in, it might not necessarily be about the lesson. It might be something about what somebody said. It might be something that happened last night when they were at home. But anyway, when you deal with the issue, Deal with it head on, get it resolved so you can get back to focusing on your lesson. Another thing is too, if they check in about the lesson, this will help you, uh, you know, understand what your child is having problems with and help them with that problem. This will help the child gain your trust and respect and try to find a system that will work better for them. And if this doesn't work as a parent, if you get stuck on this, see if the teacher can offer a video lesson just with your child to look into getting them back on track, okay? Number nine, pull out as many things that you can that are positive. This will help motivate your child to be the more interested in learning. For example, you may be working uh, on your child using a timer. Maybe you try to get them to use this timer and all of a sudden one day they start using this timer. And so you tell them, oh, I'm so glad you're using this timer. This is gonna help your work much better going to help you uh, throughout your day. Remember, even the simple things will motivate them to do even more. Okay. Number 10, at the end of the day or at the end of the week, have the child show you or teach you what they've learned. This is another good tool for my uh, family members who don't have a choice but to work. So in the evening, when you get home, spend time with your child and have them write a report or have them teach you what they've learned or show you what they learned or talk to you about what they learned. Go back to that schedule that I told you to get from the school district in the very beginning and compare what they said that they learned compared to that list. If it doesn't match, then you got some investigating to do. And this is a good way to see if your child understands his or her lessons and what they may need help with. Remember, your high school students and your college students may are going to be a great resource for doing homework. Okay? 
So I hope this helped you out. Hope this motivates you guys. Let's motivate our children by creating a workspace, establishing rules and regulations, systems, focusing on positive relationships. My parents try to stay positive about this distance learning as much as you can. From me having experience as a teacher in secondary and adult education, I can tell you that students work hard for their teachers. They are cooperative and they follow rules and routines if they perceive that the teacher is supportive and caring. So I want you guys to remember to be compassionate, understanding. This process is not only difficult for you, it's difficult for your child and it's difficult for your teachers as well, for their teachers. So I hope this was able to help you guys out some. If you need some help, let me know. Thank you for joining me today. I hope the tips help you out today. If your child or if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching regarding this matter, let's talk about it. Hit me up at heycoachcookie at gmail.com. Again, that's heycoachcookie at gmail.com. And let's find out if you can benefit from life coaching. The first 30 minutes are free. My inbox is always open. Feel free to contact me online, on Facebook, on Instagram at Rising Higher Podcast. This is Coach Cookie reminding you to love yourself first as we rise higher together. Talk to you soon.